Welcome to the Gridiron Show and happy Thanksgiving week, everybody. Week 11 is in the books and there's so much to talk about, so much to cram in. This is going to be a bumper show. Really looking forward to it. Will and Ollie in the studio. As always, plenty to get to. So let's just roll on, Ollie, with the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tour. This is indeed the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. That's Sports Travel for sports fans, by sports fans. Check them out at sportstraveltours.com. Gridiron-magazine.com for our website. Where in the Picks League, I think you'll find ahead of Monday Night Football, Will Gavin is three clear of the pack. Wow. I'm thinking about changing my pick to the Bills tonight, just because I've got that nice little buffer zone at the top there. If, I, if they somehow pull off an upset, I'll just increase my lead over people. Do what you think's right, Will. I'm going to be an absolute douchebag about it. Uh, Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter in the studio as per usual. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got loads of stuff to get to today. Uh, this week was backup quarterback week in the league. Next Woo! week is going to be backup running back week in the league. So many injuries. Talk of league expansion. Plenty of games going on. There's some five and five teams. We want to know who's going to the playoffs. We've got to preview three Thanksgiving games and we've got your tweets and texts and emails and everything else. Oh, there's so much to get to. It's very exciting. But Ollie, before we do the usual roundup of nonsense, anything that you'd like to tell me about your weekend? I've, uh, well, no, not really. No, it's just been I was working a lot. Yeah, okay. Not much has really happened. Usual. Yeah, yeah, not happened. No. No. Okay, fine, good. You? I got um, Star Wars Battlefield today. Oh, is the, that the one that Anna Kendrick is... Uh, yeah, exactly, the one that Anna Kendrick's oh. advertising. It's a multiplayer, like, shoot 'em up a la... Did you ever play... Oh, no, it's Battlefront, but it's using the Battlefield uh, mo mode of gaming. It's from EA, and it's it's quite light on the game side. Like, if you're a hardcore shoot 'em up gamer, if you like Call of Duty and stuff like that, it's not going to fulfil all your hardcore needs. But if you're a Star Wars fan, it is awesome. The so sounds and the sights, and it's really immersive, and the characters, and you get to fly the ship and it's brilliant so this would be perfect for me because i'm not a big gamer but i do love Star you wars. are wearing a star wars t-shirt as well <laughs> which is totally I, I just i didn't even notice you were wearing that i'm sorry that makes me a terrible human being for not paying yeah. more attention but your face is so glorious i hadn't even looked at the yeah, chest. of course of course my head is shining yeah literally oh, it's, it's looking shining. beautiful day. it's warm in here today so again warm here. Uh, so warm. loads to talk about as we say well, uh, no, no, we'll bought, get to the I game bought something today oh, okay go on i bought a, a, a ski jacket Right, okay. But as soon are you off skiing or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, um, it's your choice of coat to keep no, warm. No, 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 no. On, when you're sleeping on the streets. But I bought it and I was <laughs> sleeping on the thanks. <laughs> you're not the f first person to have said that, by the way. Yeah, uh, I'm People not surprised. People at my actual work yeah. jo have been joking. That you look like a homeless well, do, man. Do you remember it's not a joke anymore. Do you remember I'm genuinely <laughs> concerned for you. <laughs> do you remember when we went to, um, when we went to, uh, interview Osio Minura. I do. I, I, we've had a really great reaction to that show. Thanks to everyone. Thanks again, of course, to OC and NFO UK and everyone else. And of course, frustratingly, as with any time we do something like that, about two hours after we walk out of the NFL UK head offices, they tweet out a thing saying that they're going to be announcing the London Games this coming Wednesday. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well. We, anyway, we went to we went to that, and I put on a jacket. I you wanted did. To, I wanted to look presentable. I even wore a shirt. Um, I put on some smartish shoes. You looked like you were going to sign on. That. But, but uh, yeah, basically, <laughs> and people at work at my at my paid job all said, "What are you doing? Why do you look like this? 
you normally look homeless yeah. so thanks for that <laughs> but yeah i bought a, i bought a jacket and as i was paying for this ski jacket today i thought i don't want this but i'm so british that i bought it anyway did you take it back no i haven't done it yet i'll take it back tomorrow Good. Um, and i did something even more british i went to watch um kill your friends earlier yeah. just before this and um it, in the in the cinema around the corner the empire you have to choose your seats there were people sat in my seat but what did i do i didn't i yeah, didn't move them how uh, give me a percentage of how full the cinema was well <laughs> the cinema maybe had 18 seats and there were wow. there were five seats six seven seats left over it wasn't full it was a it was a tiny screen it was a really tiny screen it was like the kind of screen that you'd expect a, a rich person to have in their house amazing but, <laughs> so it was okay but then there was this concertina effect of everybody else that came in because then we sat in someone, someone else's, else's seats, seats yeah. sat, so in the end i reckon no one was sat in their correct seat i was a little bit anxious and I, I have a real beef with the fact that, uh, so the cinema chain that we both hold a, a card for that allows you to go and see many films you want, Cineworld, um, it, they have uh, introduced in the last six months ago that you have to assign seats. And that's fine. I don't mind that at all. But Sarah is really anal about sitting in our seats. And so we have to make sure we pick seats that she's happy with on the aisle, near the middle-ish, etc. Fair enough. Um, and... I, I am of the mindset of unless I'm going to see something like we're going, we went to see the Hunger Games last oh, week. Did you enjoy it? Uh, I, yeah, I thought it was the pacing was all over the shop. Like they were really slow in the bits, which actually I didn't care about. And then when it got yeah, to the big yeah. action sequences or the big twisty death, obviously no spoilers, but the big death that really kind of stuck the knife in towards the end of the film that stuff seemed to be quite rushed and i didn't see why that was so rushed yeah. they could have focused on that more so it was good but not great i think it was the weakest of the series <gasps> um overall anyway sorry but, but that so that cinema was you know packed it was the opening day that film was coming out you know my wife and apparently you were all very excited about seeing it having read the books and i was fine i enjoyed it but your wife hasn't read the book in that situation it that doesn't matter in that situation i am all about sitting in your set seats that's fine we're going to see star wars next month we've got we've got tickets on the opening day we'll sit in our set seats if you're in a 300-seat cinema and there are 25 people in there, don't move me because I'm sat in your seats. Yeah. Just sit somewhere else. But then why weren't you in your correct seat? Just because I sat wherever I was when I first walked in. I thought, oh, that row's free. There's nobody within about 30 seats of me. I'll just sit there. Do you know what I really hate is when people sit either right behind you or, or next to you, and it's, you're right, a 300-seat cinema or a, a, the top deck of a bus, or <laughs> they sit next to you. The other day, I said, no, you can't sit next to me, when someone wanted to sit next to me, and there was loads of seats available on the top deck of the bus. The way to do it is to be really enthusiastic about them sitting next to you. Because I'm the sort of person, that if I see somebody with their bag on a seat, I will go and sit next to that person. You know, obviously, if not if there's two seats available. Look at me, I'm massive. But if there's only single seats, I'll pick the person who has selfishly sat on the outside or put their bag down. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, you have decided that you deserve two seats, despite the fact that just like everyone else here, you've probably paid the same price. Yeah. So I'm going to sit next to you. But if you sit there and kind of go, sit next to me, sit next to me, be my friend, no one will sit next to you. People will choose to stand over sitting next to that mental. What about those people that that do that but sit on the aisle and then put their bag awful next to the window beings. awful human beings hashtag seat watch right 
Anyway, so I said that this is probably the busiest week of football we've had all season. And we spent eight minutes talking about the cinema and seating etiquette. So at this after, I said I had nothing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent work, sir. Excellent work. Uh, so there's a couple of bits of news that we need to cover off before we get onto the games. Normally we try and weave the news into the games. But first things first, uh, the radio coverage is returning. BBC Radio 5 Live Sports Extra will be carrying a live game every Sunday night. They're also going to be doing the Panthers-Cowboys game on Thursday night. So if it's Thanksgiving... You're stuck in work. You're not going to be able to watch the game because you've not got Sky or, or Sky Go or whatever. You can stick on the radio. You can listen to Nat Coombs. You can listen to Mike Carlson covering the games on 5 Live Sports Extra. On the Sunday nights, they're going to be doing the usual 9.25 live game like we used to do on Absolute uh-huh, Radio. Uh-huh. But they're going to be coming on air at half seven and doing a kind of radio-style red zone for the latter half of the early games with some special studio guests. And this coming Sunday, yours truly will be joining Nat and Mike in the studio for the uh, early games. Oh, great. So, yeah. Hey, well done, man. So, really excited about that. So, Put uh, in a good word for I me. I mean, I'm going to be tweeting the heck out of that, obviously, at Gridiron and at Will Gav on Twitter. So, I'll remind you that I'm going to be live on the radio with Nat and Mike, and uh, that should be really good for Oh, me. that's amazing. Yeah. So I'm just, yeah, it's not even a humble brag, it's you, just a brag. You have to get in the at gridiron oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, don't you worry. I know the BBC hates that sort of stuff, but it'll be all getting can you wear a, Can you wear a T-shirt with at gridiron on it? Oh, I, I'm not sure. It's it's not televised, you understand. Oh, no, no I thought, thought that would be quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it went straight over your head. That's no web, fine. No webcam. Uh, <laughs> Uh, of course, this Wednesday as well, the announcement is going to be being made about which teams are coming over to play in London. It's going to be coming out on Wednesday. It's expected around 2.30. Uh, we generally will receive an email from NFL UK half an hour, an hour before that, so we can prepare, par- prepare our posts, prepare our tweets, everything else. So we will have it the moment we're allowed to announce that. that we will put it out on Twitter. Expect Sky sky news specifically to announce it before they should do yeah that always happens so we'll be ready to go if we need to do that as well so keep an eye over that we'll be wanting your opinions on the games and the teams coming over on the scheduling everything else we'd love to hear from you because obviously in the later in the week we'll review the thanksgiving games in our later in the week show preview the rest of the sunday games and we'll of course talk about the games coming to london Mm, yeah exciting stuff uh, there was also a thing about league expansion. Do you want to talk about There's so much to squeeze in, but I did kind of want to just... League expansion? So, basically, uh, it was something tweeted out by Pro Football Talk. NFL Player Association President Eric Winston um, recently said he'd never say never to a potentially expanded regular season. And then this Sunday, Roger Goodell said something quite a bit stronger than that via Chris Thomason of the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Goodell told a fan forum in Minnesota quickly. on Sunday that expanding the regular season uh, and shrinking the pre- pre-season are on the table the league hasn't been saying much in recent years about expanding the schedule ever since the proposal to add two regular season games was shouted down amid concerns over health and safety still the nfl continues to send more and more games abroad for the international series etc and i kind of posited on twitter that i think the best way to do it Well, i liked what you said i thought what you said i'm gonna give you props for it and then you can explain it i thought that was a really really good idea because the preseason sucks tell the listening millions which there aren't millions of us. <laughs> tell, tell me again and people that are listening now what you put out on Twitter at Will Gav. So it's nice and easy. Take two preseason games away and add two weeks to the regular season. So the regular season becomes 19 weeks long. But give every team a second bye week. So you only play 17 regular season games, not 16. There's ways of doing it. I thought that not a nice way of doing it was maybe doing 
adding on the extra team would be uh, geographically the team from the same locations you, you know so you know within conference you play the team that finished in the same position in the other divisions mm-hmm. so if you finish third you play the team that played third in the other divisions maybe if you're in the nfc west and you finish third you can play the team from the afc west who finished third that might be a nice way to keep rivalries going keep local teams playing each other more often there's lots of ways to work that out what about dallas but basically i hate just whatever we're not talking about dallas we can talk about them later we've got to talk about them thanksgiving but no i mean they're in the east but they're clearly in the south oh yeah there's all sorts of nonsense like that the rams are in the wrong place yeah but you know it, it works well enough okay okay uh, but but regardless you expand the season you get two more weeks of televised competitive games but you allay the thing about health and safety fears because you have two bye weeks and it helps international games massively and that's the other thing 17th game put it on a neutral venue so you have eight home games eight away games and every single team has a neutral game each season. That's, that's a great idea. That's 16 guaranteed international series games. Or, I mean, you could do them in college stadiums in areas where, so like, go to Nebraska and have a game yeah, there yeah. because they don't have an NFL team near there. How great um, would it be to see a game in Anchorage? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, maybe not as great as you just got excited Hawaii. about. Hawaii! But like Alabama, places like that, that'd be an amazing place to see it. You could do it in, um, obviously bring back uh, Canada, we've already got Mexico talking about here, Where, it, where else in Europe would you like to see a game? I'd love to see one in at Bayern Munich Stadium. Yeah, or, or or imagine that that big cop at uh, Dortmund full to the brim. That would be incredible. Able to stand as well. Yeah, that would. At Gridiron, what stadiums <laughs> would you like to see <laughs> NFL in Europe? So the, Coke yeah. Park, and that way you get sixteen. Uh, yeah, and obviously we'll talk about Manchester and everything else. Yeah, we can get more games around the country potentially then as well, which would allay. Uh, well, which would make a lot of NFL UK fans happy. But I just think that makes almost too much sense to not do it. A lot of people disagreed. Well, a lot of people liked the idea of it. But, for example, uh, people like uh, our friend Jamie Cutridge, who's been on the show before, said, that's the only way to do it, but it's still a terrible idea. Um, people don't like change, but you've got to embrace change. People didn't like International Series. They didn't like it was going to be one game. They are, now there's four. Now there could be more. It's amazing. I love this idea. Brilliant. Good. I'm glad you're on board. I'm on board too. Shall we talk about the weekend's games? What about if you oh played God. NFL there? In Braga? Yeah, look at that. Oh the, God. There's right. a rock face. You keep researching the, the places you'd like to watch games. Okay, and okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll get on with talking about some actual football. I, uh, well, I really got on board with all of this. So really sorry, guys. <laughs> that, that happened really quickly. <laughs> it escalated um, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start off talking Monday night football. Of course, the Buffalo Bills travelling to the New England Patriots. Ahead of this game, we've been talking about it. Uh, obviously, we're talking ahead, before the game is played on Monday night. I think the bills if they've got any opportunity of beating the patriots particularly in foxborough this is the best opportunity they've had for years the defensive line's great the uh, offensive line of the patriots is suffering you've got the big injuries to edelman and to Dion lewis if there's a chance for the bills to win a game this is it however it's the patriots they always seem to have the next man up mentality i fully expect them to go 10 and 0 tonight and with that in mind let's hear from me with my thoughts on tonight's game Rex Ryan! Rex Ryan! 
Rex Ryan, that was indeed the call from Tom Brady. A little cheeky nod to the head coach of the opposition as the uh, New England Patriots managed a 20-13 to win on Monday Night Football. Just starting off with Rex Ryan, the audible call, his code for switching what seemed to be a run to the left side of the formation to the right side. No mistaking the words he said as you heard them there. Uh, Brady was seen clapping in the face of Bill Safety Corey Graham after Graham planted the quarterback into the ground on a blitz. He totally got into this one, Tom Brady, screaming his lineman as, admittedly, we had to say a very impressive uh, set of blitz pressures coming from the Bills. They got a lot of pressure up the centre against the young interior line and, and uh, I think we'll, we'll get on to that a bit more in a moment. But uh, we're still waiting for the Bills to run their, right play, their last play as it stands. Uh, what I refer to is the fact that Sammy Watkins catches the ball with two seconds left, completely untouched, goes out bounds, ruled inbound, last few seconds cut off. Now, I know the Bills were very, very unlikely, minuscule fractions of percentages of having a chance of completing a Hail Mary from that sort of distance. But it's just another example of the ridiculous officiating last night. Uh, just to talk about that drive alone before we get on to Whistlegate, we also had the completed catch on the left-hand touchline from Watkins before that, which was one of the most obvious catches in bounds I've ever seen, which they ruled not a catch. And then on the play before the final play of the game, uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor gets sacks in the backfield uh, they take a, a good 15 to 20 seconds off the clock while Stenerud or whatever his name is the, uh, the head officiant explains what they've given on the play and they, uh, yeah, it was absolute nonsense completely ridiculous, terrible officiating overall and then the worst play of all from the entire game was a potential Patriots touchdown spoil by an inadvertent whistle. Now, if you've not seen it yet, you will be seeing this a lot over the next few weeks. One official blew an inadvertent whistle with Tom Brady rolling out to the right, lofting a pass to an open Damiando Danny Amendola with nothing but 55 yards of open space in front of him. Now, the whistle, blown while the pass was in the air, might have helped Amendola separate from coverage. It was a very split-second thing. You think maybe the corner could have got there, maybe not. We'll never actually know. But uh, from what I could kind of maybe see is that the official... Uh, so Rex was in the way, maybe. He thought Brady had stepped out of bounds before he threw it. Absolutely no idea. Dean Blandino said on the NFL Network afterwards that he admitted the mistake was made. The whistle should never have been blown. I thought they did deal with it well afterwards. They realised their mistake. They gave the Patriots the ball back at the point of Amandola's catch. I think there wasn't much else they could have done. But just overall, an absolutely shocking officiating performance, which really killed off what was otherwise an excellent, excellent game of football. Um, uh, just to go through it all, James White scored the first two touchdowns of his career, one running, one receiving as the Patriots improved to 10-0 and 0, uh, last night with that 20-13 victory over the Bills. Brady completed 20 of his 39 passes for 277 yards and the defending Super Bowl champs remained on course for their second perfect season in the last nine years. The Bills now slipped to 5-5 five and five, snapping a two-game winning streak and lost to Brady for the 25th time in 28 games. But this wasn't like the earlier game this year. LaShawn McCoy ran 20 times for 82 yards and a touchdown and caught six passes for 41. He looked a big difference in this game coming back. It was filled with mistakes and penalties and injuries and turnovers. It was it was a messy game, but it, this, for me, wasn't on Brady. It wasn't on the offense. They clearly missed Dion Lewis. They clearly missed uh, Julian Edelman. But 
the defense was superb overall. The linebackers were phenomenal. Uh, a lot of A-gap blitzes. We saw uh, Gerard Mayo coming in and playing at a high level, having missed so much time with his knee issue. Uh, Beard so good on the line yet again. Uh, Buffalo didn't play badly, but this uh, this Patriots defense knew what they were doing. Malcolm Butler, again excellent, this time up against Sammy Watkins. Watkins had one incredible one-handed catch over Butler on a third down in the fourth quarter, then two catches on that final drive. But until that fourth quarter, he'd been completely ruled out of that. That was a phenomenal play overall Tyrell Taylor being stiff-armed as he threw that ball and for Watkins to bring it down one-handed ridiculously good uh, but there were a couple of concerns in that secondary Patrick Chung being played clearly a safety being played as a, as a slot corner occasionally on the outside as well he can be beaten by pace uh, Chris Hogan caught a 42-yard catch over him you, you may remember him 7-11 always open cut by the Dolphins he had a great game but uh, between the lack of discipline from the Bills and the uh, over discipline you know the the what the Patriots are very very good at is that level of discipline that's what made the difference um you know we had things like the Bills had to call a timeout because they had 10 men on the field they gave up silly penalties in bad situations where it looked like they might actually stop Patriots drives it was just a frustrating game overall I think the Bills had uh, lost 60 I think they uh, 44 yards off five penalties they lost the uh, they lost a fumble as well you know it was just some really frustrating plays and they could have won this one without that. Brady threw a pick in the end zone. Fantastic uh, catch. I think it was Gilmore with that one. Yeah, there were there were bits of this game where you thought that the Bills might actually win it. And next weekend, the Patriots have to go into Denver and face them. Now, if Brock Osweiler can avoid turning the ball over, just like he did this week, and unlike Manning's been able to do all season, and if they can establish the run game, DeMarcus wears back and they can get that same central pressure that the Bills got. I mean, it was amazing just how many... Uh, plays Brady gave like just gave up on threw into the ground because he was out of the tackle box threw out of touch you know uh, just completely gave up on plays because the coverage was so good because the pressure was so good this Bills defense when it plays up to its standards is absolutely legit and we know how good that Broncos defense is so that's going to be a hell of a game next weekend I'm still erring with the Patriots slightly I think even with the injuries you've got to favor the team that have got the Hall of Fame quarterback over the guy making only a second start in the league but that's going to be a phenomenal game the Patriots move to 10 no, let's go back and catch up on the rest of the weekend's games and everything else that me and Ollie have to spew. Monday Night Football there. Good stuff. Uh, well, I'm you saying just tell me to get stuffed. Yeah, get, get <laughs> stuffed, Ollie. Stop reading about your different stadiums and let's talk about the rest of the weekend's football. Uh, I know where you want to start and it's the best Sunday night football game that we've had this season. Ginger Bowl! Ginger Bowl in, in Arizona, in the desert, where their hair is the same colour as the desert. It was <laughs> terrible. It was, I, I absolutely love this game. And do you know what? If this was... The Pats are a team who are probably Super Bowl bound. But if this is a precursor, a preview of this of Super Bowl 50 matchup, I'd love to see this game again. First of all, if Chris Collinsworth says the phrase a little stiffy again, that would... Uh, that was amazing. Did you hear that? I'm, I'm, or did I... Or when I pointed it out, did you, you hear You it? pointed it out and then I rewound it to, yeah. <laughs> to watch him do it. <laughs> because he, like... I know that he won't understand what that means to UK fans, but the phrase for a, 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 a light stiff arm, calling it a little stiffy, was just my favourite moment of the night, even though there were so many great, great plays in this game. Uh, Chandler Cantazaro kicked a 32-yard field goal with two seconds remaining, and the Arizona Cardinals escaped with a wild 34-31 victory over the Bengals last night. Uh, the field goal considerably closer than it would have been because Cincinnati's Demata Peco was called for an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty 
in at the line of scrimmage which gave him the extra 15 yards to kick that field goal from a much shorter distance it would have been 47 yards otherwise it's because do you know what he did he mimicked the offensive play calling of the other team. And it's something that actually linemen do more than you'd expect. But during the last two minutes of the game... Um, Sorry, can you just break that down for me? He mimicked... So he was making sounds as if to try and make the, try and make the offensive lineman jump offside oh. because he was mimicking calls that maybe Dalton would make. So, you know, it's the equivalent of a catcher in baseball sitting behind the mound and trying to put off the batter by shouting random stuff at them. It's kind of the equivalent of that, but shouting things which could be play calls. So, you know, if you're playing opposite Peyton Manning, you maybe start going, Omaha, Omaha. Yeah, yeah, sure. Or, or whatever. Or, um, Aaron Rodgers goes 319. Yeah, you might, and, and it's unsportsmanlike conduct, and it's a 15 yard penalty, and it was a massive move up the field to help them. But it was after a brilliant drive from Carson Palmer. At that point in the game, the Bengals had got down to the other end of the field. There was about a minute left. Uh, they were on third and one. They decided to take a shot for the end zone. And Hugh Jackson is getting some real stick for this, and rightfully so. The Cardinals had no timeouts left. They could have run the ball. At worst, they don't make the yard. Well, at worst, he fumbles it, obviously. But disregarding the turnover, at worst, they don't make the yard, but they kick a slightly longer field goal get the game back level, and run that 40 seconds off the clock. And with that 40 seconds run off the clock, you're giving the Cardinals 23 seconds, I think it would have been, in order to drive and win the game. Instead, you took the shot at the end zone. AJ Green, I mean, by inches, didn't make that catch. His toe was out of bounds. It was a tough, tough call, and and very, very close to him getting the touchdown, which would have potentially killed the game. But Instead, you give them a minute five. The Cardinals, until that point, had only one first down in three fourth quarter drives. They were collapsing like a flan in a cupboard, and then suddenly Carson gets all ballsy again. They, they, he had two first half interceptions, which uh, cost them from establishing a big lead in the first half. But for the second straight game, they bounced back from two big turnovers mm. in a tough situation, and the Cardinals are looking like an excellent, excellent football team. Oh, sexy to watch, aren't they? I am really excited about the idea that these guys might be going... and. There's there's two uh, two particular eyes. Obviously, I was watching this game more than Ollie. Just to make that clear, uh, he was in work, so that's why I'm rambling on a little bit. I was at work. I have my favourite moment from the game, but you go f- go for your okay. stuff. Two two final things to say about this game. First of all, offensive players stepping up. So they lose uh, um, Michael Floyd, who had I think got five touchdowns in five games over the previous five weeks. John Brown was limited with the injury he picked up last week. It's fine. The rookie JJ Nelson comes in, goes four for 142 yards and a touchdown ridiculous exactly um and we've been talking a lot about the old men on the offense larry fitzgerald chris johnson carson palmer i mean if they uh, all hit their mark which i think is a thousand yards receiving a thousand yards rushing and whatever the mark is they've set for palmer four thousand yards i think it is that'd be the first time one team has had three 30 year olds doing it in the same season 30 plus but let's talk about the old man on the defense dwight freeney had a great game for the cardinals he's, ca- he's come in as a um uh, as a free agent later in the year, and he's just added so much to that pass rush that they didn't have there. His spin moves were ridiculously good. Thoroughly enjoyed watching him playing in those particular situations. He had a sack on the night, a sep- another tackle for a loss but th- beyond th- that. That's where um, stats can be misleading because there was a lot of pressure from him all night. Yeah. So, okay, you have one tackle, one sack, but just that constant pressure, the, the hits as well, it was a, a really, really great performance. 
And for the Bengals, this was a massive improvement from the uh, from the previous primetime game against the Texans where they couldn't get anything going on offense. Tyler Eifert had the two catches. Jeremy Hill ran in two scores from short yardage distance. Gio Bernard had a big game on the ground and also catching the ball as well. I mean, it was the perfect one-two punch. It's what you expect from Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. I think Hill only went for about four, three and a half, four yards a carry, but... He did got the ball in a lot of short yardage, kept their drives going, got the two touchdowns, and then Geo catching the ball out of the backfield. They played very, very well, and I still, even with the threat of the Steelers coming off the bye weeks being only two games back, they still have to play the Bengals. There is potentially now a contest for this division, which we wouldn't have said two weeks ago. I still think the Bengals will take that top point and probably still take the second seed and the mm. bye week in the playoffs. Um, they've just been shown up a little bit on prime time once by a terrible performance from them and once just being beaten by a better team because this was a great Cardinals performance. My favourite moment? Yes. John Brown's touchdown celebration. He's like a demented <laughs> mosquito. It's wonderful. But I think they have the best celebrations in football uh, with Drew Stanton last week and now John Brown doing that demented mosquito weird routine. And uh, the only reason why I wouldn't like this to be the Super Bowl matchup kit watch i didn't like that i didn't like that the combination of kits it would have to be an all black or sort of a the, the bengals is the the home side and the cardinals is the away side in their white and, and, and red because it it was the kits clashed a little bit hashtag kit watch Thank, thanks for that i appreciate it that was <laughs> a key thing to point out from this game well listen i think it was the the other the other team that obviously will want to spoil the idea that that could be a super bowl matchup is the carolina panthers who have moved to 10 and 0 and cam frigging newton what a season this man is having and actually do you know what all this nonsense about uh he's second in the mvp race but what does that really mean i think he is playing better than tom brady because of what he's got around him i think he is the best player in the nfl uh, right now outside of i won't disagree with oc he's much bigger than me jj Watt. but cam four touchdowns before halftime he's never had a game with four passing touchdowns before five touchdowns overall admittedly only on 226 yards because the defensive turnovers consistently gave him good field position as the carolina panthers beat the washington team by 44 points to 16 at one point washington looked like they might be in this in the first half and then carolina just absolutely bulldozed them on the ground cam through the air uh catching passes uh, we've seen a huge huge improvement from devon funches in the last few weeks this is a, again a very exciting team to watch and potentially a super bowl bound team oh yeah i think um, they i think the panthers with the falcons drop off genuinely could go undefeated now yeah they really they really really could because they've got to play uh the falcons twice and those were the ones that you thought, oh, maybe they might slip up. But the way that the Falcons have been playing, horrendous. Who would win right now? Of course, people have listened to um, Monday night uh, and, and, and to your review and know what happened there. But presuming um, the, the Patriots have won, who would win if that were to be the Super Bowl next weekend? If it was Super Bowl next weekend, I'd take the Panthers because of the injuries to the Patriots, because they're still reeling from that. And you've got... Uh, Panthers defense playing to a ridiculously high level. 27 points were off uh, five Washington turnovers in this game, which is what I was saying about the short field position. Coney Ely now has sacks in four straight games. Apparently his nickname is the Blue Goose. I don't know where that's come from, but I like it quite a lot. Uh, Charles Johnson is coming back in week 12, their best out-and-out -out pass rusher. Kurt Coleman is playing brilliantly on that defense. So I think they would have enough to beat the Patriots on a neutral field right now. Mm. Give the Patriots 11 weeks to deal with these injuries, bring in some free agents off the street. 
repair their team, allow the Panthers to potentially drop off a bit. I'd probably fancy the Patriots in 11 weeks' time, but right now I'd take the Panthers if it was next weekend. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, from the Washington uh, point of view, um, Andre Roberts, you see this 99-yard uh, return? Love that. Yeah, how great was that? That Love was that. that was great, but it just shows how flattered to deceive the, the scoreline was oh, in yeah, this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nine points off offense. Kirk Cousins, I said, uh, t- uh, there was an inception, lost two fumbles, uh, which counted for three of the five turnovers. Matt Jones fumbled. Well, I think Jones and Alfred Morris had zero rushing yards between the two of them that rush attack had looked so impressive early on in the year Jonathan Stewart ran all over their defense which has had a big drop off from the first five or six weeks of the season when they were a top five run defense Uh, they are in trouble again Washington um, and everyone is leaving the door open for the bloody Cowboys (laughs) so Romo Roni Tomo uh, to come back and uh, and do the stuff. Let's not go there next though I've got that game miles down on the list today (laughs) Uh, let's talk about your Green Bay Packers. The slide has ended. You're now one and three through the last four games, Ollie Hunter, as you went to the Minnesota Vikings and handed their asses to them on a plate. Now, I missed this game mainly because I was asleep. I saw bits of bobs, but that's because <laughs> I was working. Um, I watched back the condensed today. Uh, Rogers threw 212 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Dayton Jones had uh, two of Green Bay's six sacks. He's looked so good through yeah. that. When, when that defense is playing well, which they hadn't been for the last three weeks, but looked great again last night, uh, the Packers stopped a three-game losing streak and were convincing. And I heard the best description I heard of it yesterday was, these records suggest these two teams are equal, but this just showed that the Packers when they're playing to the level we expect them to play at, will still outclass the Vikings every time. Yeah, I think the, the game against the Lions was an anomaly last week. Um, it's just... I, I've rewatched that back as, as since. And <laughs> Why? Well, I wanted to see what went Why wrong. Why did you do that to I yourself? To, well, because, you know, it's our job. I wanted to see what went wrong. Crosby, if he makes that kick... The Packers win, and it's just inconceivable that he didn't. But uh, uh, but against the, the Vikings, Eddie Lacy came back. 100 yards from 100, Eddie Lacy, where's that been? 100 yards from Eddie Lacy, marvellous. And there's one particular play where John Kuhn peels off the right, blocks uh, the onrushing, I think it might be him, Harrison Smith, might have been someone else, um, and Eddie Lacy busts about 12, 13 yards. And that's the Eddie Lacy that I know and love and I remember from last year. Uh, James Jones, that catch um, from... The scramble, the movement from Rogers, and then down the sideline. Wonderful. I mean, that, I mean that, that touchdown pass where Rogers rolled out to the right and, and hit him as he was going out the side of the end zone. He managed to keep his feet down, followed by the two point conversion where Rogers stepped up in the pocket against the blitz and just shoveled off that little pass to him. You know but, what I was doing? I was going, Run it in! Run it in! And then he ju- does what just no one else is thinking. Just a little dink over the, over the, the, the um, Viking. It was amazing. Yeah. And, and that just kind of showed how varied and good this offense can be when it is good. James Jones should wear a hoodie absolutely every single week. Love that. Um, he did look a little bit like uh, a mid-twenties NFL fan in the UK going to a Wembley game. Hoodie, jersey over the top, going to stay warm in Wembley. Uh, but I, you know, it's got to be freezing in Minnesota whilst they're still playing outside. I hate that Minnesota are going back to a dome. I love, like, why not have the same thing the Packers have, where anyone who has to go there in December or January is going to have to deal with the freezing cold. Yeah. yeah. Just make, like, just train in it. Get used to it. Make sure your team are prepared for it. It gives you a huge advantage. Ridiculous. Yeah, madness. Uh, Mike Daniels as well. Marvellous stuff. 
it's good to see Green Bay back. Uh, just thank, thank goodness. Let's, we'll talk a bit more about Green Bay when we uh, preview the Thanksgiving games. Let's just mention quickly on the Vikings side. I still see the Vikings as a, as a wildcard team. I think this could cost them in the NFC North. I think when it comes back round to that Week 17 game, they've got a much, much tougher schedule. Um, Teddy Bridgewater actually didn't have a bad game. There was a, The touch pass to Carl Rudolph was lovely. I mean, it actually went against all the stuff I've been saying about Bridgewater and his flat-throwing motion and his lack of power. I mean, he didn't have to put power in it because it was touched but it was a lovely lofted ball over mm. the top that was a beautiful throw uh, Adrian Peterson again had uh, made some hay on the ground but nowhere near what he's been doing the last few weeks and he's got to sort out his fumbling six this year six this year which is two more than anyone else in the league when you think about Matt Jones losing all those fumbles I mean he's lucky that he's only lost a couple of them but he cost them a couple of drives where they could get back into the game by fumbling the ball and yeah that that's a part of Peterson's game which nobody's talking about he's having a, a world-class all-pro type season at running back but he's got to cut that element out of his game yeah absolutely he has uh, let's move on to Brock Osweiler! Yay! I, uh, I, I, the wealth of nicknames that people have been trying to attribute to Brock Osweiler this week has been staggering. Brock um, o'clock, that's what I like. <laughs> where's that one come from? I made it up last week. You liked it last week. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I You're genu- so changeable. Yeah, I genuinely don't remember you. Uh, don't remember you doing that. But uh, I apologise. So I think we should just play. Uh, this is going to make no sense to anyone who's not a wrestling fan. But we should just play this in every time we talk about Brock Osweiler. <laughs> because he's basically Brock Lesnar, but in the NFL, right? Right? Just because of the name. I'm not a le- wrestling fan. I don't know. He was in the UFC for a while. I he still, used to play in the NFL as well. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, fine. Whatever. Uh, you're, a di- <laughs> Brock- you're, you're a disgrace. <laughs> Brock Osweiler threw two touchdowns while starting for the injured Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos stopped Jeremy Langford on a two-point conversion run in the final minute to beat the Bears 17-15 on Sunday. Not a pretty winning, but the Broncos didn't turn the ball over and they won a game of football. That is the biggest thing here. Peyton Manning, 17 inceptions, most on the year. Brock Osweiler comes in, starts, doesn't throw a pick. All right, he picked up a fair chunk of yardage off the Demarius Thomas touchdown, but all in all, looked good. The running game got going 160 yards between Hillman and CJ. And I think all of that is to do with it being Brock Osweiler, not because he's necessarily a a, a Hall of Fame world-beating quarterback, but he slips into that Kubiak offense much better than Manning does because Manning has no maneuverability. So he gets mm. under center. He, he can hand the ball off. Uh, he can uh, roll out on those bootlegs. And it kind of shows there's a hope for the for Denver beyond Peyton. When he was under center throughout, it, it helped so much more. There's shorter runs when he's approaching the line when you're only handing it off three yards back from the line because you're taking it from under center. It just looked like a Kubiak offense. Uh, they also use the tight end a lot more. Again, very familiar with the Kubiak offense. Vernon Davis went six for 68. All in all, this was an impressive Denver performance. That's not to take away from the Bears, though, who continue to impress, and particularly Adam Gase. Yeah, yeah, I mean... The, I, I keep the, throwing you these random things well, no, to you're think right. of. And some of, the, some of the play calling was much better. Uh, it's, it's nice to see Jay Cutler struggling somewhat. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll get to some of, uh, we'll get to talking a bit more about Jay Cutler later. But, um, Jeremy Langford was a di- bit disappointed with, uh, of, of course, going up against a stellar, uh, Denver Bronco defense. As Ossie Minura said last week, the probably the best defense in the league. He couldn't get anything going. And I think that's, 
that's where the Bears really couldn't stick with um, with the Broncos. Uh, Jeremy Lanford, 13 attempts, 25 yards. He got the touchdown, but again, couldn't convert that uh, two-point conversion. And if you can't get things going on the ground, you really, really struggle. We had a tweet in specifically about the Bears from Ed. Ed tweets us saying, Bears at Gridiron on Twitter. Check us out there. Bears were unlucky yesterday. Can they make the playoffs? Hashtag yes. Hashtag go Bears. Uh, my concern for them making the playoffs is obviously we're going to have to see an NFC East team. At the moment, Giants still lead that despite having their bye week this week. I just look at the glut of other teams in and around that area. Um, the uh, Obviously, the Seahawks, we'll talk about them next on 5-5. Five and 5 You've got the Buccaneers on 5-5, five and five, yeah. crazily. The only way they do is if the Seahawks continue to slip from the position they've been in the last few seasons well they're not and a great away are they the Seahawks no the not so. at all and and uh, it's it's also going to require the Falcons continuing to drop off and again we've got those are our next two games we're going to talk about but uh I think it would be huge if the Bears can move to five and six and beat the Packers on Thursday night we'll preview that game in a little while without doing so I don't think they make the playoffs but they have probably been good enough Ed and if Adam Gase isn't in a head coaching job, like we said he should be this year, then that would be ludicrous. You said he would be. Yeah, I said he would be. I said he'd be the head coach in San Francisco. I hope he becomes the head coach in San Francisco next year. Whoa. The Adam, the Adam Gase, Blaine Gabbert, uh, <laughs> doubling up. Uh, <laughs> oh, the joys of being a San Francisco fan. Let's talk about that game next, shall we? Blaine Gabbert scored 13 points in Seattle. That's kind of good. Well, it's more than the, than Colin Kaplanick has in six, no, three games in Seattle, isn't it? Oh, God. I think it is. Uh, Colin Kaplanick has scored less points in thir- than 13 uh, across three games than, Colin, than, um, than Blaine Gabbett has. Look, we so. could be accused of burying the lead here slightly. <laughs> um, uh, the Seahawks uh, beat the San Francisco 49ers 29-13. to And rookie Thomas Rawls absolutely hammered them on the ground, rushing for 209 yards, two total touchdowns, 250-50 yards, 255 yards from scrimmage. Uh, we've been talking all year about how we've, uh, how uh, Beast Mode's fallen off a cliff. It sounds like he's going to have to have surgery this week. Thomas Rawls is in there. It's his second time this season going over 160 yards on the ground. They look of, they looked a really balanced team on offense yesterday. Best I've seen Russell Wilson play in a while. Um, although the left guard went down late, that's a concern for their already ailing line. Tyler Lockett got two touchdowns. All right, we didn't see Jimmy Graham involved enough, but still concerned about their defense. Blaine Gabbert had three really good drives in this game. The one before half time to bring them back into it and score the touchdown was excellent. The one for the uh, field goal off the back of half time after forcing the Seahawks three and out was also a good drive and if it could have turned up a touchdown this might have been a competitive game but mm. giving up too much yardage. 13 points to the 49ers at home is shocking. Genuinely with with the fact that you're giving up 264 yards to someone like Blaine Gabbert you're not turning the ball over you have 100 yards to tight ends. They've suffered, struggled against tight ends all year and those tight ends aren't your Rob Gronkowski's and your Jimmy Graham's people like they're Vance McDonald and Garrett Selleck you know this is I, I still am concerned that the Seahawks defense don't offer them enough for a deep playoff run but oh they're gonna make the playoffs aren't they yeah <laughs> no they, they might do if um if uh, Marshall Lynch is having surgery on an on an, on his abdomen which um uh, for those that don't know what that is, it's sort of the stomach area. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't know what the abdomen is? I had to ask earlier this week. <laughs> the answer to that question is Ollie Hunter. Yeah, so those those guys. Um, but if he is fit enough for the playoffs, do you bring Marshall Lynch back 
for Thomas Rawls. We have to see how Thomas Rawls plays over the next five or six weeks, obviously. Uh, but if he plays as well as he has done in this game this week, and I know it's against a bad 49ers defence, but uh, he's, it's not his first good game of this year, and he's played against better teams and looked good. If you combine those two, it's interesting. Yeah, and I think that would be the best way of doing it, that dual or triple threat on the ground with uh, Russell Wilson there as well. Seahawks, but we did say they do struggle away. I just wanted to bring up that tight end stat. For the season, opposing tight ends have generated 56 catches for 712 yards and seven touchdowns against the secondary where we talk about them as the best safety pairing in the league. We talk about how great their corners are. That's not good. No. Uh, Adam has tweeted us about this game. In early 2013, a man called Colin... Rand Kaepernick played in a Super Bowl. Where do you think he'll be in 2016, if anywhere? Not in San Francisco, if the report's to be believed. Jason Lackham Fora tweeted after he went on season-ending IR uh, just before, ahead of this weekend's games. He tweeted uh, that basically what he'd said all along was true and that this, he wouldn't be back next year and that whilst he does require surgery on his shoulder, the sort of, it's one of those surgeries that could be left until the off-season. If they were in contention and he was playing well... They'd manage him. They'd keep him out of training on the Wednesday. You know, all of that usual stuff they do with that sort of injury. They've decided to send him to surgery now. I can't see him. They, they're going to owe him something like $13 million on the 1st of April. He won't be a 49er by then, but he's got too much raw ability to not be somewhere. So I think he will end up on a team. Uh, I hope, think they'll hope for a trade and maybe hope they can get a mid-round pick for him. Mm. But they, if not, they'll cut their losses and somebody will pick him up. He's, he, he did go to a Super Bowl. He's not a terrible quarterback. He just gets too much in his head. If we look at the, the teams that probably will be looking for a quarterback at the end of the season... I did just say he's not a terrible quarterback. Hysterical! Hysterical! We haven't had one yet. I'm I felt sorry I didn't pick that something. up, but I'm a disgrace. <laughs> um, but... I think someone like, I don't see the Jets being that team, but I've, I've got a feeling like the Browns, it'd be a real Browns thing to do to pick him up, or perhaps the Houston Texans. And you know what? He's still got a great arm, and he still throws tight spiral balls. So, <laughs> I felt like we'd been uh, underusing these, because after the OC uh, one, where we obviously didn't use any of them at all, I just you know, wanted to add a few in there. Washington, spice. St. Louis, maybe you could go <clears> to St. Louis. Yeah, there are there are teams who would find a way to use him. There's no denying that at all, right? There are a few Eagles. games. Yeah, <laughs> actually, Colin Kaepernick in the Chip Kelly offense yeah. could be amazing, especially how bad um, Mark Sanchez was, and you know you could have a, a, a quarterback by committee. Colin, I'm going to say it now. Colin Kaepernick will be an Eagle next year. That's maybe a great shout. You make me sick. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I said then I think the uh, Seahawks are going to make the playoffs, and it's not because they're necessarily playing brilliantly, uh, but it's because the Falcons are absolutely collapsing. Uh, We had a a tweet in from Nick saying, I expected the Falcons to come back down to earth after a 5-0 start, but the performances are getting worse and worse. What do you think is going wrong? Well, Adam Vinatieri kicked a 43-yard field goal with 52 seconds left remaining, and the Indianapolis Colts overcame... A, t- a pair of two touchdown deficits to beat the slumping Falcons 24 to 21 on Sunday behind backup quarterback Matt Hasselbeck. Mm. I think the, I'd let, right, Nick asked what's going wrong. Matt Ryan is a guy whose corner I have been in for many years now. I love Matt Ryan and I still think he's 
potential to be a top 10 quarterback but his play has regressed in a big way this season three interceptions on the day the last one was on the kind of hail mary attempt at the death so two yeah. proper interceptions on the day but the one to Zaquel jackson for the pick six absolutely killed them uh, they've relied on the running game this season devonta freeman obviously went out with the concussion tevin Coleman offered absolutely nothing um and we already knew they were talent poor on the defense not in the backfield where they've got uh one of the best corners in the league but there's one true uh, uh, yeah thank you <laughs> uh but uh, in terms of the pass rush there they definitely need to pick up some pieces that's where they should focus in the draft next year this they're not a great football team i think that's the problem they're in that mesh of teams who you wouldn't be surprised if they were sitting around five and five it's just when you go five and oh you don't want to go one and four in your next no. five games so uh they are on a big big slump for in terms of the colts though this was an impressive win yeah yeah did armored bradshaw the guy that was Kind of out in the cold, he's been brought back in. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck managed to find him for for a couple of TDs, which was pretty sweet. <laughs> the thing is, Colts are stacking up these come-from-behind wins. Yeah. There was the big win against the Titans where they came from behind after playing badly. They're the big come-from-behind win against the Broncos. Now this game, those are the kind of games which uh, define a, a franchise at this time of year. And, okay, they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Touch wood. Now I've said that, they're probably going to go and do it. But they are probably playoff bound. They're probably going to win the AFC South. And it's thanks to winning games like this where they've had to come from behind. Because, you know, the Texans, the Jags, there are teams that are on their tail now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Notice I didn't call it the AFC disgrace. The, what, the one thing I'm really concerned about, and we've said it time and time again, and Ryan Grigson, you're a mess. The offensive line there still looks terrible. Hasselback hit six times, sacked twice. He's 40 years old. He's an old guy. Those hits have cost Andrew Luck the tail end of his season. He'll be in the playoffs if they get there, but you can't keep letting that Hasselback get hit by that and then allow clipboard Jesus to come in. No! Yeah, exactly. I couldn't believe that he was there. I, I mean, I knew he was there, but actually seeing him on the sideline talking to Hasselbeck, I mean, it's madness. Uh, we've got four or five more games that we can probably skim through before we start off our Thanksgiving preview. So let's start off with the Raiders at the Detroit Lions. What are you doing, Oakland? Matthew Stafford ran for a go-ahead five-yard touchdown early in the fourth quarter, and the Lions beat the Raiders 18-13. to Lions 3-7 and seven have won consecutive games for the first time this year. While, uh, while the Raiders, yeah, they were four and three. Mm. They're now four and six. A season high three game losing streak. Matt Prater made field goals on his, uh, uh, made three field goals on as many attempts in the first half to give Detroit a nine and zero lead. And that's the main thing. My notes in this game were, um, the Lions are showing that you can sack your offensive staff and suddenly rely on your defense to win games. Yeah. The Lions absolutely outplayed them. I thought 18 13 seemed flattering. Uh, the Raiders had 57 passing yards in the first half. All that, those big, aggressive plays we saw from Derek Carr early in the year were lacking completely. Amari Cooper just one catch for five yards. And admittedly, Darius Slay had a ridiculously good game up against Amari Cooper. But Stafford looked good. 75 of the 80 yards on their winning drive came from Stafford, including the ones on his legs. Calvin's getting going again. He uh, he had uh, five catches for 88 yards today. He's gone at least five catches and at least 60 yards in his last five games. Great day for the Steelers. Raiders losing. Yeah. And the Jets lost as well. TJ Yates going to Andre Hopkins for two touchdowns. What a shock. Revis Island's possibly having his worst game of his career. Props to Liam Blackburn for that uh, tweet at Gridiron. 
on the old TripAdvisor rating for Revis Island for DeAndre, Ho- very, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Very funny stuff. That was, I think that might be our most retweeted tweet of the season so far. Uh, Alfred Blue also caught a touchdown pass from receiver Cecil Shorts to help the Houston Texans to a 24-17 win over the slumping New York Jets on Sunday. Uh, for some reason, Hoyer's starting against the Saints after TJ Yates played like this. Why? He's got through the concussion protocol. He's going to be starting this weekend. Nick tweeted us, after what Hopkins did to Revis, is he now the best wide receiver playing in the league at the moment? No, Julio Jones is. But Julio Jones hasn't done much for the last three or four weeks. I still think Nine he's receptions, 166 yards this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't watching that game as closely as I thought I was. Uh, <laughs> so he's done all right. But Hopkins is getting the touchdowns. The one-handed catch, oh! the one-handed catch he had on the right-hand uh, sideline, where he just reached out with his left hand and seemed to let the ball fall in there it and was then walked out of bounds. Wasn't it? was ridiculously good. Uh, for the Jets, they've lost four of five since London. The only team they've beaten in that stretch is the Jags. Chris Ivory slowing down massively uh. in the second half of the year, much like last year. A uh, lot of lower body injuries. He's always a really tough runner and... It, it, Needs to look after his body better, Chris Ivory. He could be a full, good 16-game running back with that. Uh, but the Texans, defense getting better and better. J.J. Waters looks a lot freer over the last two weeks. Kevin Johnson and Jonathan Joseph, we gave them a lot of praise after the Bengals game. They deserve it again today. Mm. Yeah, the Texans are in with a shout in the... Uh, not even just in with a shout in the a- AFC disgrace. They're in with a shout in a wildcard race with the a- way the AFC is going at the moment. Did you see J.J. Watts uh, missing... A touchdown. Brilliant play by, I think it was Marcus Williams, maybe. I don't know. But um, JJ Watt was in as a, a receiver, a little sort of jump ball, and a, a, the much smaller cornerback uh, managed to, to smash it away. It was, he would have been four for four. Uh, on, uh, on red zone targets. Yeah, yeah I saw yeah. that. That's amazing. Uh, Tom tweeted us saying, Have the Jets turned into. The Jets. Where has it all gone wrong? Is it safe to say? Uh, for those not... The, uh, not uh, how, how, how magic has vanished. Sorry. For those to, that, that <laughs> were not aware, Will actually did air quotes again. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> he said, is it Gino time? It's Gino time. Uh, where's your hysterical music there? <laughs> well, no, but uh, it sounds like the Gino coaster could be on its hysterical. way back into the lead. That's hysterical, mate. I think you stick with... Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's the be- far better quarterback. It's just some things aren't quite going right. Maybe it's a bit of uh, play calling. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, a bit like Matt Ryan, has always got um, an interception or two in him. Uh, but he's he's doing, getting things done on his feet. I don't know. I, I think I don't think you can dump Ryan Fitzpatrick as it is. Right, four more games. Let's rattle through them. Starting off with. The Dallas Cowboys, Rob tweets, Tony Romo, that is all, brackets. Yes, I know he didn't look that great, but we won and we look better than with Castle of Flash Whedon. Well, the morally corrupt Cowboys who cut Kristen Michael and Corey White for not wearing suits, but continue to play Greg Hardy, are now 3-0 and with Tony Romo and centre. He had two touchdowns. They certainly look better with him, but they're nowhere near the Cowboys of 2014. He threw two terrible interceptions. McFadden is the one saving this team at the moment. He got the pickup on fourth and one in their own territory, which made a huge difference while Stan Campbell punted on fourth and short on two separate occasions when he really should have gone for it when the team were down. Cowboys fans, just calm down. They might only be two games out of a terrible East. And maybe if you beat the Panthers on Thanksgiving, I will consider this team as a possible NFC East winner. But with your run coming now, Panthers at Washington, at Green Bay, Jets at Bills, home to Washington, I've still got you going three and three down that stretch, and that's not enough to win this division. Yeah, no. no. Uh, but there's a couple of things from this. I d- 
the Romo interceptions, they're always going to happen. He hasn't played for eight weeks, uh, seven losses and the bye. He hasn't played for that long. Um, but we can still see what he's got. And that throw to Terrence Williams, which, by the way, wonderful catch, midair, turning into the end zone, little little stumble back up. I loved that. That's a right. really beautiful play to watch. I have real beef with that throw. What's wrong and with that throw? It's I got great. into I got into a, a, quite a heated debate with this with a Cowboys fan on Twitter, and maybe I'm wrong. Um, if that throw is thrown properly, Terence Williams doesn't have to turn back, jump, and catch the ball at a high point. It drops over his shoulder and into his hands. If he if he throws it into the end zone over his shoulder, I think it showed rust, and I think it showed that his arm was weak after not throwing competitively for that period of time. He actually underthrew him, which meant that. Williams had to come back and make the play on the ball. It wasn't a bad throw, but it wasn't Romo at his best. And suddenly everyone's going, oh, Romo's back! He's amazing! I think it was underthrown. All right, PFF. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm being hysterical again. <laughs> uh, and for the Dolphins, you know, the one drive where they had a really good drive, Tannehill was in the hurry-up and scrambling out of the pocket. Who knew exactly what he's been good at all this time? Maybe Bill Lazor needs to learn a thing or two. And that's the only thing that's worth saying about the Dolphins, because they're a terrible football team. Jameis Winston tied a rookie record five touchdown passes, moving the Buccaneers to five and five. Admittedly, he's got better receivers than Cam in Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans, plus a ridiculous running day out of the Duggernaut, 235 yards on 27 carries. But he's climbing the pocket, he's staying competitive, he's being consistently aggressive. A brilliant touch pass for the Charles Sims touchdown he had a hell of a day as they beat the Eagles by 45-17 to 17 in Philadelphia. That was a beatdown. I'm... Right, I've praised the Buccaneers now. I feel like that's out of the way. Mark Sanchez threw three picks. The pick six was genuinely dreadful. Jordan Matthews played every single snap of this game and saw four targets and caught the ball for 13 yards. I hate Jordan Matthews. Uh, they're beginning to self-implode, which means they'll definitely beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. <laughs> because that's what this, <laughs> this what Eagles happens. team have consistently been the last few years. Yeah. And they're another one letting the Cowboys back into the race for the bloody division. Uh, I'm just hoping the Giants can go on and run the table and shut all that noise up. Uh, well, what about um, the, uh, the reports of an Eagles player saying DeMarco Murray is not trying hard enough? Yeah, this is what I'm saying about them self-imploding. This is when your team is losing games and losing games in these situations, then you start to get this nonsense from inside the team. I mean, uh, we, we had Dave Cheeseman got in touch saying, Eagles, what are you doing to me? You gave me hope of reaching the playoffs by beating Dallas, and then you've lost to Miami and Tampa. And Tom tweeted us, will Chip Gilly get the sack once the Eagles are eliminated eliminated, did from the NFC East title race, assuming somebody actually wants to win it? Hysterical! I am calling that hysterical because Chip Kelly, the coach, is still a great coach. He went 10-6 and six the last two seasons, but he just needs to let somebody else deal with the talent side of things. And you know what the problem is? Us. <laughs> and those guys over Spec there specifically us those guys over in america who are all in on the chip kelly uh bandwagon we we're all wrong don't get you know we're all wrong clancy everybody the eagles and chip kelly are not as good as we all thought and i like to apologize on behalf of gridiron for <laughs> uh, pushing that on people we were wrong uh We've given the Bucks the love. That's all we really needed to do from that game. Other than that, the Kansas City Chiefs back to 5-5 five and five and on the charge. Alex Smith, no interceptions since week three of the season. Uh, the running back depth has been re 
brilliant in in uh, helping their defence save their season. Spencer Ware got 96 yards and two touchdown passes after Shakandrick West went down, and the defence held Philip Rivers, who was on course at one point this season for the passing record. Not just one point, halfway through this season, he was held to 178 yards, an interception, and their offence just three points. We know the Chargers are a bad football team. We've realised that by now, but another great performance from the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I love the Chiefs. No secret about that. I love the Chiefs. We spoke to the whole defensive uh, unit. To a man, they all said, we can make the playoffs. We can do it. And they've been on a winning streak since London. Love that. Um, I'm fully on board on the Chiefs, and I think they will grab that final playoff place. And whilst we've been giving their defence a lot of love, let's just remember that £346 defensive tackle Dontari Poe leapt over the pile for a one-yard touchdown. Technically... The fattest man to ever score a touchdown in the NFL. Yeah, Fridge. There's, there is some theories, and Fridge is one that I've heard mentioned, that before they really paid attention to what players weighed, there may have been more. But that is pretty impressive. Yeah, I love that. And uh, Curry Santos, solid on the boot again. Why, why, so much love. I know, so it's so much, much love. love, I know. Let's finish things off with a dour game in Baltimore then. Uh, the <laughs> that, that wasn't a drop. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was BS. Uh, the St. Louis Rams go to the Ravens, play a terrible game of football and lose by 16-13. Uh, the biggest stories from this game, Joe Flacco and uh, Justin Forsett lost for the year despite the surprise win. Yeah, This is a Ravens team who... I've lost every game they've lost by kind of four or five points. They've now lost, in addition to those two players, Terrell Suggs, Steve Smith. All three of their victories have come from a field goal. This is the most up-and-down ridiculous team, but the fact is, Matt Sharp is starting at quarterback. <laughs> they've got a tough schedule coming up for the rest of the season. I have to play the long version of this now. Let's get hysterical, hysterical. I want to get hysterical. Let's get into hysterias. <laughs> Bold prediction. The Ravens pick number one overall in the draft. I've just hit... <laughs> I hit in disgust. I hit the mic in disgust because it's not that bold. It's but at the start of the season, I'd said that to you, when people were picking the Ravens as a potential Super Bowl team and people more knowledgeable about football than us. You're telling me that that wouldn't have been bold? No, it's not bold now. It's not bold now, Matt Sharp's in the centre. But they've got three wins. There are three teams in the AFC which are, are worse than them, automatically. Um, in the Browns, if, if the, the Titans, the Titans and the Chargers, all three of those are terrible teams. But you could see them picking up some garbage time, uh, garbage season, as it were, wins at the end of the year. The re the there's no one. There is absolutely no one on the on they, the they go, Ravens. They go to the Browns on Monday Night Football. What a horrible game that is! Uh, is that the first one you won't watch? <laughs> to the Dolphins, and then they have the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the Steelers, and the Bengals. The last four weeks of the season. Ooh. Nasty, nasty. So that Monday Night Football at the Browns could they be the for for, for the, the number one pick. pick. Yeah. <laughs> that could be the decider for the number one overall pick. Don't forget the Browns, of course, beat the Ravens early in the season, 33-30. to 30. So uh, they were, they already have the tiebreaker if they win that one as well. 33-30. to 30. Uh, Why did you say it like that? No idea. Tom <laughs> tweeted us saying, what the hell is going on with the Rams sideline staff allowing Case Keenan to play on? He was clearly concussed. Case Keenum, if you've not seen the clip, I saw the clip. takes the big hit on the sack, can't stand up, stumbling all over the place. 
He ends up going to the sideline, has a conversation with who I believe is the quarterback coach. They somehow let him go back in the game, even though he's clearly out, like all over the shop. He throws a terrible um, incompletion. And then on the next play, fumbles the ball, which loses them the game. You know, they've lost two of their last three games they've lost on field goals. The Rams are not being bold enough. They're being badly coached. Bad Rams. You could really have been in with a shout for the NFC playoffs this year. Bad, bad Rams. Yeah, bad, bad Rams. Uh, that's the last of the games. Uh, we've still really? got to... Yeah, we've well, got through we've all the Sunday games. Those. Well done. We've done very well there. Uh, so, do you want to... We've got a couple of tweets in from people, but also we need to go ahead and preview Thanksgiving. What order would you like to do that in? Let's do Thanksgiving first, uh, then do people's tweets. Excellent decision, Ollie Hunter. No, definitely didn't have that discussion off air and make and decide that that was the way around we should do it. Even though I wanted to do it the other way. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Before we talk about the games, we're going to go and watch the games in the Hippodrome this weekend. Uh, but... If you're not going to be in London, if you're not going to be near us, there's a way of finding out where all the games are being played for Thanksgiving. A nice, easy way, using your phone, and it's going to be the best way to go and watch the games with like-minded fans. Because I don't know about you, Ollie, there's no better way to watch the games if you can't be in stadium to watch it in a bar with other NFL fans on a big telly yeah. with the beers. It's great fun. It's Yeah, it really is great fun. And also, it's so hard to find places that show NFL really hard you never we always get people asking us where's the best place in london to watch nfl and well we generally say where we say but yeah it's it's far nicer watching with like-minded fans so if you do want to find the very best place to watch the games with like-minded nfl fans like i guess me and ollie uh, is using the new match pint app it's available on the apple store and the google play store for android uh, and it allows you to find the nearest venue not just showing the nfl but all sorts of sports uh, and the best part of all is that they've done a deal with nfl uk which means if you check in at a venue to watch the nfl over the next couple of weeks you'll be entered into a competition to not only potentially win tickets to the uh, NFL Super Bash in London, but also you'll go into a prize draw to win a trip to go to the 2016 draft in Chicago. Flight, accommodation, the bundle. It's going to be fantastic. Plus, if you check in at one of 100 specially selected venues, you'll get a two-for-one voucher for Budweiser as well. So go download it now. Give it a try. I used it this past weekend. I actually used it to find somewhere to watch the West Ham Tottenham game. Well worth doing. The Match Pint app. Never miss a sporting moment. Right, let's get into the games. Well, let's go through just each of these games, pick them through one by one we'll pick them there's no need to go into too much depth starting off with the eagles at the lions this is absolutely must win for philadelphia after they have completely fallen apart uh, again this week there's infighting there's so much nonsense going on the lions defense have really stood up and played well recently but it all as i said earlier kind of indicates to me that we'll see the eagles pull out a win oh no i believe in the lions i believe in jbc and his offense um i'm going Lions win, getting Calvin Johnson going. I don't think they can have yet another week where the running game doesn't go. So Abdullah, Bell, all of those guys will, will get something going against the Eagles. who Their defense have, has been absolutely abysmal. Giving up five touchdowns to a, a rookie in, in Jameis Winston. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for the Lions on this. Uh, going on, the next game is the Panthers at the Cowboys. What a game this is. The 10-0 Carolina Panthers travelling to the Cowboys, who are 3-0 and with Tony Romo under centre. That's how I'm selling this one. Uh, Carolina, just too good in every level for me. Uh, I think their defence will shut Romo down, and I think this will be the game that shushes the Cowboys fans about their playoff hopes. And I know it's a short week, and I know Carolina are on the road, but... I, I think that Dallas lose this one in the prime line. Well, Carolina went up massively in uh, the first half uh, at the weekend, and 
in the second half they were just playing for they're playing for a draw almost do you know what i mean they, yeah. they 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 weren't exerting themselves they were just containing and i think they were conserving energy for this game uh, at uh, the AT&T it's the AT&T right it is at the yeah. AT&T yeah um, we are seeing one player coming back to face his former side he says it's just another game uh, a player that we hate uh, <laughs> i will never mention his name again um, and i'm hoping that carolina destroy the cowboys because guys having him st- having him still on your team is an affront to decency and um i think uh, you're a disgrace well, and for so that reason we should probably rename the division of disgrace <laughs> i'm not basing it just on where he is because uh, that's giving him too much respect uh, and, <laughs> so i think we both got panthers in that one and yep. just to let you know fans listening at home um, that the Panthers are not the favourites, according to bookies in this game. So if you are a betting man, maybe go and put a bit of money. It's a tight one. They're only slightly underdogs, but they're currently underdogs. I'd go and put some money on it before the bookies realise how ridiculous they're being. But we don't condone betting on this uh, show. Why not? It's, it's illegal in this. Co- it's legal in this country. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, go do it. But obviously, gamble responsibly. That's what. Ah, we're that's it. I thought that was drink responsibly. I think that's the same. We don't do either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally, the late game, one thirty kickoff, the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. The Brett Favre honouring, he's retiring his jersey. He's going into the Hall of Fame very soon, I imagine. Uh, but the Bears have been very good recently, and the Packers were very bad until this last weekend. Did we see enough from the Packers on Sunday to make you think that they will handle the Bears in division? Yeah, you said you finished on division, so that's normally like you're going to go down and 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 say something else. You got to do in division. In division. <laughs> no, it wasn't that in division. In division that you're going to carry on. Yeah, I think we have. I don't think um, the coaching team and Aaron Rodgers and the whole the whole side can let a repeat of the Lions debacle happen ever ever again this well this season. I think Green Bay will have too much for them. Eddie Lacy back. Worried about the rush off uh, the rush defense. Okay, it was it was pretty good against in, in stuffing Adrian Peterson, but I always worry about Green Bay's rushing defense. Uh, so Jeremy Langford maybe a big game. Who knows? It's going to be cold in Green Bay. It's going to be late over here, but it's one that's definitely going to be worth staying up for. As we said before, we're going to be at the Hippodrome to watch this game. So please come down and join us there. We're going to watch all of the games there uh, in the theatre area. So come and find us. And if you're not living in London, you can always use the Match app to try and find out where showing the games nearest you right let's get on to people's tweets couple of tweets couple of emails we've had coming in then to finish off you can always get in touch with us at gridiron on twitter email us gridironpod at gmail.com we should probably set up a more official one than that but i think there is like a gridiron pod at gridiron hyphen magazine or something like that but i've forgotten what the login is so i'm just using the gmail one for now probably shouldn't admit that but there we go never uh we had some uh really good ones in dave who uh tweeted us about the eagles already uh during the show asked us what made you support the teams you do and asked can we guess why he supports the eagles hashtag nfl eagles hashtag epl eagles so i'm guessing it's because he's a crystal palace fan did you hear this week uh oh sorry last week of a guy was arrested for trying to punch the eagle. <laughs> <laughs> was it? An, it had to be an Eagles fan trying to punch the eagle. 
No, no, no. It'll Crystal Palace. Oh, right, okay. It, you know the Crystal, yeah, Crystal yeah, Palace yeah. have an eagle. Yes, yeah. Someone right. tried to punch the actual eagle rather than the eagle mascot. I think that's amazing. Incredible. So, um, uh, we've probably talked about this on the pod before, but probably way back when. So, Ollie, tell the listeners why you're a Green Bay Packers fan. Uh, Packers fan, because in the late 80s, early 90s, my mum's... He is that old. Yeah, my mum's boyfriend uh, was a Green Bay fan. He did a load of Camp America out in Green Bay. And Wisconsin. I, Wisconsin, and I ended up uh, following Green Bay because of that. When I went to America to watch the Atlanta Olympics, I got my first Brett Favre number four jersey. Oh, and it's been Brett Favre followed by An- uh, Aaron Rodgers. What a horrible 15 or 20 years it's been for you, Ollie Hunter. 20. Bastard. Yeah. Uh, I am a San Francisco 49ers fan. It's a shame to admit that this season. I started supporting them probably in the early noughties because I am that much younger than Ollie. Um, I, my dad works for a company who are based out in San Francisco, so I spent some time there uh, going out to visit him, watched some games on the telly. I was too young to go to a bar, but watched some games on the telly there. I'd kind of had an interest in the NFL in the late, in the kind of early, mid-90s, and I watched some of the stuff on Channel 4, and but I'd never really got into it enough to fi- have a team. And before I went to university, I started to get really into it and then at uni we watched it week in week out so i picked the 49ers uh because they were the team i was most likely to get to go and see live basically fell in love with them had eight playoffless years with them so i knew what suffering kind of was and uh and then we had a good few years and then it went horrible again i heard the best analogy on the um the katie nolan podcast this week garbage time which is well worth listening to it's funny stuff uh from a comedian who's a 49ers fan who compared it to like for 20 years, you, your dad had a really great job. You went on fantastic holidays. You know, you were treated all the time. Uh, and then suddenly he got on the drink and the smack. And for, <laughs> for eight years, you were, uh, you, you became bankrupt. You became a total mess. You couldn't afford anything. You lived on the street. And, and then, you know, he managed to clean himself up for a few years. Maybe a friend of his got him a job. He managed to start working. He managed to get clean. And for a few years, it looked like things were back on the up again. And now he's back on the smack once more. That's the analogy I heard. And I liked it a lot. That's a great one. I love that. <laughs> um, and we had a really great email in from Cal, who's obviously regular, uh, getting in touch with the show uh just to read it through i'll skip off the first sentence because uh, it's too high praise had a quick question for some reason everyone hates quarterbacks of other teams for no apparent reason other than they just don't like their face their body language their commercials etc he's given us his irrational quarterback hater hatred rankings. i love that and he says the rankings can fluctuate every week but usually a solid top five and asked us if we have his so just to run through his top five here's a rivers eli Jay Cutler, Colin Kaepernick, Ryan Tannehill, right? Uh, I, I won't bother going into his reasons in too much depth because we're quite late into it. He did say Andrew Luck's disturbingly deep voice almost got him in the top 10 uh, as it's one of those weirdly irrelevant things. But, Ollie, who are the quarterbacks in the NFL you hate and you can't place? You can probably place a finger on why, but it's not a reasonable reason to hate them. Case Keenum. Why do you hate Case Keenum? Because he's not any good. Plus, what a stupid name like Case. <laughs> I mean, uh, really, uh, what's the point? Okay. What's the point? Is, what about you? Is he in at one with a bullet for you? No, no, no. no. <laughs> bullet is uh, Jay Cutler. Jay, Jay Cutler, I think, is both of our number ones. That's <laughs> yeah. absolutely fair. Incredibly rude to me on two separate occasions. <laughs> and, uh, well, I quite like him for that. He's, but <laughs> <laughs> he's also a terrible human being. Uh, who else is in your list? Johnny Manziel. But for calling himself Johnny Football. F- off. I'm not sure he called himself Johnny Football. I don't think that's he how it he's worked. trademarked it. He's a prick and he should stop it. <laughs> he's falling he, punching people, going into rehab. You're the you're one of a very very few 
select group of people. It's a global game now. A billion people would love to play in the in the NFL. You are naffing it up year after year. I hate you, Johnny Manziel. You've got two more. Um, I'm struggling now. Uh, I, All right, I, do I don't my... really like TJ Yates. TJ's <laughs> stupid name. You, you are right. Your list is TJ Yates, Case Keenum, and Johnny Football. Other than Jay Cutler, you've got no starters in there. Get me some starters. Get me some big names. Uh, I don't really like Eli Manning. <laughs> Why do you hate? I can't. I kind of like Eli Manning. No, I, no. I, I kind of. I know he's surly, and I know he's annoyed. I like. I should hate him for the same reasons I hate Jay Cutler, but I just kind of like him. Well, because he's got more Super Bowl rings than Peyton Manning. That's hilarious. Which kind of, but I don't like. I just don't like him. There's something about him. There's something about him I don't like. Oh, another one, Teddy Bridgewater. Ted, t- oh, why? Why Teddy? I just don't get it. We're I up don't to get, six. I don't get it. I don't know why people like him. And I hate those people as well. What's, <laughs> what's, I just don't get it. And he's for and he's uh, uh, he's plays for the Minnesota Vikings. I just I just don't get. I don't get it. Okay, I I never expected you to get quite that vehement about it. Vehement. Oh, oh, there's another one, but he's also in your list as well. Uh, I'm going to have Colin Kaepernick in my list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow! Um, your I, own quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I don't see why not. Uh, Tom Brady obviously makes my list because he's a cheat. Uh, and <laughs> it's, it's not just so much that he's a cheat because he's a delight. I've, I've, um, I, uh, I've you know, he had sex with his uh, nanny. Yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. And when he's got Giselli. I, I, uh, idiot I, Brady. Yeah. There is that. I've had conversations with Tom Brady on two separate occasions. I've been lucky enough to do that. And he has been delightful both times. Lucky and, enough to do it. And when, 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 when we were in, sorry, <laughs> oh my God, so much beeping in this last section of the show. Like, are you getting so angry about this? Um, I'm really sorry about he, that. He, um, uh, particularly, I mean, in, you saw him in the locker room after the Super Bowl. He had so much time for absolutely everyone, and it was a lovely sight to see. But yeah, I just, he needs to get out of the league ASAP. I'm bored. I just, consistently winning gets on my nerves. Um, and uh, Russell Wilson. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the other the guy that I was alluding to, and there's one particular reason. Uh, why won't you sleep with Ciara? You're an idiot! Ciara's incredible! And there's the fact that he's the worst interviewee, just in the... Because he just... Uh, he never throws anyone or anything under the bus. He never gets angry about anything. He never... He's the most level-headed... He could have, like, a five-touchdown game throw for 400 yards in the Super Bowl, and he'd still just come out with, yeah, well, I think it was a really good team effort, mm-hmm. and I think it was, yeah, I've got nothing really very interesting to say, and I say it on a really measured way, and I hate it. I hate when players are like that. Um, I, I think I'm only on four, though. That's Cutler, yeah. Brady, Kaepernick, my own quarterback. Come on, you need uh, another. Russell Wilson. I do need another one. I, um, I had to fill. Uh, who would I go for as my last one? I don't know if there is anyone else I hate, you know. Like, not irrationally. Not like, like, uh, in not his list, he's got, I hate he's got Peyton too many adverts like that. He's got, uh, Ryan Tannehill can't explain this one. Um, uh, can I just put Jay Cutler in there twice? Nope. <laughs> Come on. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, starting NFL quarterbacks. Let's do some Googling. You don't need starting. I've got some backups in there. Yeah, I'm not putting backups in there. I'm not an absolute uh, absolute tool. Oh, do you know, actually, do you know who I do hate? And I said I wanted to pick a starter, but I, I feel like, I, I think this guy's not even on a team at the moment. But Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn has earned $25 million for playing about four snaps of football. That's a great shout. Piss off, Matt Flynn. Do one, Flinny. You make me sick. 
Uh, I, I, now I'm looking at oh, Gino Smith. That's another one. Yeah. Can't stand Gino Smith. Actually, Gino Smith probably jumps above Matt Flynn because he's actually got a job at the moment. Uh, so there are ones in there. Let us know yours. Send us your top five irrational quarterback hatred. That's quite a good fun list to put together. Uh, Ollie, let's finish things off. Is there anything you want to add? Any final thoughts? Anything you'd like to bring the show to a close with no i'm really hungry i want to go and get something to eat that's absolutely fine well thank you so much for listening as always this has been the gridiron show in association with sports travel tours uh, sports travel for sports fans by sports fans keep getting in touch with us if you're interested in our road trip next year we've had uh, quite a lot of people getting in touch and it sounds like it's gonna be a really exciting trip we can send you out all the details the pricing for this year um it's going to be really exciting keep checking us out on twitter at gridiron don't forget because there's three thursday night games this week the early one starting at 5 30 you need to get your picks in on the gridiron predictor game at gridiron-magazine.com nice and early um, and if you're listening to this in streaming online or something like that you can subscribe on itunes or on any podcatcher just search the gridiron show on any of those locations otherwise thank you for listening ollie i ask one final time any final thoughts no looking forward to seeing you again it's uh, on Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This has been The Grid. Hello, you're listening to the Horse Ramble Daily, where we'll be covering all of your horse needs. And there's more. Every day during the Cheltenham Festival, Betway are giving you the chance to win £50,000 in the free-to-play for-to-win game. Head to betway.com to play now. Up next, more horses. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Full-time supply, 18 plus only. BeGambleAware.org.